Three, two, one. Welcome to the Let Out Podcast. We can let out your deepest warranted or unwarranted opinions. Today, I'm co-hosted by Nassan, and he's going to be getting into what we're talking about today. Yeah, so it's episode 13, and we are going to start with more COVID-19. We're going to update y'all on COVID-19. We're going to discuss some zoonotic viruses and diseases and the way they spread to go with um, some optimism for HIV patients. So now it's time for us to let it out. Um, before we uh, start to get to our first topic, I want to um, tell you all of my friend's podcast, Touchdowns and Tangents. Uh, my former teammate um, let me be on uh, his and his friend's football podcast. Um, it was pretty interesting. We basically just discussed COVID-19 and its impact on sports and basically our opinion on like whether sports um, ought to stay um, basically for like the youth and just generally we talked about uh, basically why we like sports and so on. So yeah, um, Touchdowns and Tangents, it's on Apple Podcasts and uh, plenty more podcast sites. I just type Touchdowns and Tangents and my guess is you'll find it. Um, and yeah, I also posted um, the link for our um, podcast or for the podcast Touchdowns and Tangents on our page for Facebook. So um, yeah, just look on our Facebook page for it. So like I was saying, for our first topic, we're going to keep on going with COVID-19. So um, COVID-19 is still the number one news topic worldwide and we are going to basically just update you all on the recency of it so basically the total number of cases passed 1 million it went to like 1.2 million and more the death total uh, for the world is 68,000 or so Um, the U.S. case total continued to climb the U.S. became the country with the most cases um, pretty recently over like Uh, The past like week or two, it's become the country with the most cases. The total number of cases rose over 330,000 and the death total is right um, at or like right over 9,500. New York, um, as far as the United States goes, um, is the state with the most cases and it's actually becoming the global incubation site. It's becoming like the global leader for um, the amount of cases reported with over 120,000 cases, doubling its case total by 60,000 during the past week. Uh, And the reported death toll is between, or like it's between like 4,000, like 4,500 or so. It's it's close to like 4,000 or so. Um, They experienced their first decrease um, of reported death totals um, from April 3rd to April 4th. Um, so the upcoming days are pretty crucial on figuring out whether uh, the numbers are going to start plateauing. Uh, so, yeah, um, for the state of Louisiana, it's starting to become um, one of the states with, like, the most um, increasing amount of totals also. So be on the lookout for the totals uh, reported for Louisiana. Um, and according to the CDC, the U.S., um, like some more places, are even um, – underreporting death totals due to um, the number of people dying so fast uh, and actually not being confirmed 
as um, cases through laboratory tests. So people are basically um, going for treatment and before they are tested, they're dying. So the death totals are probably uh, much more um, like the exact number or the exact percentage more um, is still uh, yet to be told. But it is more so New York is dealing with um, like a very grim situation. Um, as far as the world goes, uh, Europe is still the continent with the most reported cases as France's totals rose tremendously. Italy's reported death toll remains the highest with Spain's being second. Um, China, like we were discussing before, um, was presumed to be um, underreporting cases and they were expected to release numbers for asymptomatic cases, um, but the numbers reported are still staying the same. Um, plenty of controversy is out on like whether China's giving correct numbers, um, but it's all like up for speculation, I guess. Um, the death rate of confirmed cases so far um, rose like plenty also. It went up to 21%. So basically the number of confirmed cases, um, like one-fifth of the people to contract the disease and get tested for it and so on, about 20%, like 1%, um, are deaths. So it's it's pretty high. 20% of people getting the disease are dying from it. So it's pretty, pretty bad. So um, for the U.S., the CDC also began to recommend voluntary cloth masks for uh, the U.S. public. So um, basically just clothes like um, or fabric or so. Um, and it excludes people below two years old because it might restrict airways and so on. And basically the reason why the cloth masks are recommended is to uh, basically uh, keep medical masks for medical personnel. So the medical masks are supposed to be for the people uh, basically dealing with the disease uh, right on site and so on. So yeah, um, the U.S. unemployment total continued to grow. Um, it's at an all-time high. Um, close to 10 million people uh, filed for unemployment during the past two weeks, and the stimulus package might take longer than expected. Um, I heard it might take months or so. Uh, so yeah, uh, be on the lookout. We'll probably try to bring you guys um, some news on um, like the details on the speed or like the timetable for when people are going to be um, receiving the stimulus package benefits. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's some of it's still kind of up for speculation, um, especially with the high total number of people trying to apply for it. Um, the USPS is starting to deal with plenty of difficulties and uh, might shut down. Um, the Postal Service is the USPS, so like the people bringing mail and stuff. Um, and medical supplies are constantly being shipped overseas to keep medical centers supplied. So um, overall, COVID-19 is becoming, like I was saying, um, the worldwide story, the U.S. story, and it's continuing to grow. How do you expect COVID-19 to continue and affect us, Sam? Yeah, 2020 is over. <laughs> Just throw, throw it out the window, everybody. It's done. <laughs> There's nothing left. Stay indoors and just, I don't know, <laughs> it's just getting worse out there, obviously. So, uh, social distancing. Yeah even, with the, uh, yeah, even with the social distancing, yeah, it's still pretty bad. Um, still getting worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, if social distancing were to stop, it'd, it'd probably be out of control. But um, it's it's at least being um, like slowed, I guess. It's being slowed down um, from social distancing and stuff. California actually fell to fourth as far as states um, with the most cases. So California was like staying at third steadily and it dropped a fourth. So the social distancing for California seems to be going pretty well. But Is it confirmed yep. cases or confirmed cases per capita? It's confirmed cases total. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yep, so yeah, um, like you were saying, um, you were saying 2020 is over. <laughs> it's, um, it's complete. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, if you, listen, people, six, 10 million people apply for unemployment. Uh, we're, we're, we're headed towards, we might be in a recession right now, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, the economic like, toll is pretty bad. It's, it's, it's terrible. So, it's like people, I'm just thinking about businesses that have to close up shop, right? And all these other things. Um, I don't know. It just goes to show that, I don't know, life is pretty fragile, especially for small business owners. Um, people that don't have money saved up to pay employees till epidemics are over. Like, nobody thinks about that, right? Everybody's yeah. kind of living paycheck to paycheck. They're just paying their, uh, I don't know, they're, they're paying their, whatever they're leasing their business. <laughs> yeah, the building. Yeah, they're, they're paying that. They're paying the, the water and the bills and they're counting their, their little revenue <laughs> at the end of the month. They, they've been doing that every month. And the, I don't think, <laughs> I mean, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure a lot of businesses don't have emergency funds. So these guys are just, they're just out of luck, you know, so to speak. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and, and, and when it's all over, it's not like they're, they're just going to, oh, magically just restart their business. Starting a business isn't something that you can just turn on and off like this, right? Like It's either, yeah. for a lot of people, it's just it's either going to, they're either going to ride it out and stay open, right? But for a lot of people, they're closing their business forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you were saying, plenty of businesses um, deal with, trying to just yeah keep the business going and running basically week to week or month to month um just during regular times so times like this uh, make it so much more difficult for them to uh, recuperate from yeah the loss and like some businesses are still going okay with just like takeout and delivery and stuff and you're saying small businesses mainly but larger businesses are probably dealing with plenty of problems too because of the cost of well, overhead for multi-billion dollar corporations are not dealing with this i mean they're not dealing with this they're not going to be affected yeah they're going to be affected but they're not going to be affected like how, how small businesses are nobody really cares about small businesses small businesses are not going to get huge bailouts and, <laughs> and and no repercussions right like remember what happened in the recession all these large corporations they got huge bailouts same thing is happening right and a lot of these companies bought back their stocks um, when they should have been saving their money for a situation like this. And, I don't know, small business owners are going to get a short end of the stick. So, yeah, large businesses are suffering now. But if you look at a lot of, like, businesses that have been around, like Boeing, for example, right, they're not going anywhere. They can't, they're not going to close up shop. They can't, the government won't allow them to because they're, in a, I don't know, you can call it an essential company, but... Boeing, they, they, they create weapons and stuff for the military. That, that's not something that the government can just let go, right? But, you know, uh, Al's Donut Shop, who cares, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, as far as um, small businesses, like you are saying, um, getting the short end of the stick, um, 
but some companies like you're saying like Boeing like I wouldn't expect Boeing to deal with problems from something like this they are so far removed from the public they don't really like there isn't a Boeing store for people to go to so it's 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 not going to be a company really affected by the lack of um, people like going out publicly but businesses um, with like large numbers of like public traffic or like public business like what like who, going to like, deal like, with like, it like who for example hotels are probably going to be dealing with plenty of problems like even big hotels are probably going to be dealing with, with problems um, like restaurants like big restaurants might be dealing with problems stores like even stores like um, like uh, supply stores like maybe even like Target or um, more stores if they get like way less business because of this because of uh, people earning less people spending less and so on they might deal with problems also so yeah well, I mean yeah. places, places yeah. for people to go to regularly like if the business counts on uh, people going to the store uh-huh. like to purchase things like sure like places like Target and Walmart sell online but most of it is probably in store most of the purchases are probably in-store purchases so they probably generate most of their business from the actual people going to the store so if there's like a decline in the amount of people going to the store then they might also deal with some problems also i mean they'll probably last way more because they've earned so much more and um so many locations are set like um across if target, the US if, if, and, if target goes out of business right well, I wasn't expecting it to go out of business. I was saying it was going to deal with some problems if oh, I mean, people I, go. I, I mean, that's obvious, of course. I mean, that, that, <laughs> yeah, one plus one is two. If people don't go to buy your stuff, you're going to have issues keeping your business afloat, right? Every every single every single business is dealing with that right now, right? For the most part, even restaurants, right? So uh, the fact of the matter is, this what I'm saying. The point of my story is, or the point of what I'm saying is. A, a company like Target, company like Hilton Hotels, like once everything is said and done, for them to to restart their businesses, right, is going to be a lot easier. They have the infrastructure, they have the manpower, they have the money. But Joe Schmo, it's over for them, right? Whatever whatever they were running, they they they're not going to be willing to start up a business like that again, and they're not going to get the support from the government to. Um, start the business. What the government is doing right now is telling people to pretend that nothing is happening and wait two and a half months and keep your employees on payroll. Sure, if I'm a multi-billion dollar company, go ahead, have the money, right? And we'll get this bail out and everything will be good. But uh, it's not the way it works when you're a small business owner. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like, um, places like uh, places providing, like, the uh, places, so, like, um, small business owners, like you're saying, usually like lease lease some type of building, or um, some type of building is um, usually like paid for, like with rents and so on. So mm-hmm. places providing the places for them might deal with some repercussions too if so many businesses go out because um, how are people going to refill and like um, recreate um, the cities with the businesses and so on. Absolutely, so, yeah. Leasing companies, it, yeah, leasing, com- gonna... yeah, leasing companies are going to be dealing with it. But at the end of the day, there, there was a funny meme that I saw. It said that we are just people living paycheck to paycheck, paying a landlord that's living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, kind of just. 
I don't know. But it's like, but it's like, where's it end? So like, um, for the companies, I mean, they, they, they're really. I mean, the. I think the point of the tweet is there really is no end. I think he was trying to reveal the dynamic of our current economic, um, you know, uh, system, situation, right? Not, not yeah. situation, system. The economic system. Like, is this. Like, when, when situations like this happen, you kind of see clearly what's actually going on, which is true. Your landlord is living paycheck to paycheck, and if you can't pay, you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? So is is this the, the best way to, I don't know, I mean, you could say the best way to live, I guess? <laughs> is this the, the most sustainable, um, what's it called, system for, you know, society? Because when stuff like this well, happens... This is, this is such, uh, like, it's so rare it's so unexpected mm-hmm. for something like this to happen this is the first time something like this uh but it's basically not, but been it, on but it's in not over 100 years it's been it's been 100 years since something like this has gone on a, a recession like this of this yeah of this magnitude yeah oh, okay it's not the first time a recession has happened right well yeah okay. yeah but businesses stayed open during and after the recession most businesses or at least most larger businesses were okay. Plenty of businesses were okay after it. Um, yeah, but this is different. This is um, people being told to stop going to places, people um, losing opportunity to go out and go to the places to keep the businesses going because of the quarantining and the loss of jobs and mm-hmm. so on. Yeah, no, I understand that. I, I get what you're saying, but uh, my my line of thinking is, if it was something else, right, and not coronavirus, right, it would still be the same situation. If people were losing job and unemployment rate was high, right, it'll still yeah, you'll, you'll still come to the same conclusion that this whatever this little I don't know what this meme or tweet. Economic, yeah, exactly. The, the economic the structure. System. Yeah, the, yeah. The system itself might be flawed. If you know any kind of situation like this on a grandiose scale that's gonna halt the world for three months. Um, happens. I mean, it could be something else. What if it was like a natural disaster, right? Or something crazy. Or a bunch of, I don't know, who knows what it could have been, right? Yeah, um, as far as like figuring out completely like self-sustainable systems for governments and also for like economics and stuff, Mm -hmm. like it's still like up for question to me. Like it seems like any economic system would be dealing with plenty of problems from this type of situation absolutely no definitely yeah so now i'm just you know, I was, and i was just i was just saying it, it opened my eyes to the current situation so i think now that you know right hopefully in the future people maybe save a little bit more money right if you're a business owner maybe they'll be a little bit better prepared um not just for this situation you can't just think of it of Oh, the, the you know uh, another quarantine situation is coming. You gotta, you gotta pretty much I don't know pad yourself from I don't know financially from bad things happening to you, from une- yeah. un- unexpected things. Insure yourself yeah. basically, right? And and don't expect the government to be there and have your back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like as kids and stuff and growing up, um, our parents tell us to like save up. And, um, yeah, save up for like a rainy day or so, or try to keep yourself with, um, some extra money or some extra, um, means, uh-huh. uh, in case of emergency. Um, so yeah, it's good too. It's just, 
I figure it's probably kind of difficult for businesses too with um, all the stuff going on with them paying for uh, workers, like yeah, exactly. wages going up, all of it. So, yeah. yeah, like wages, wages just went up for 2020. So <laughs> stupid. <laughs> They're coming right back down, man. <laughs> people, I've seen people get um, you know those work packages they give you, like when you first get a job. They give you like yeah. a hey, welcome to the team. <laughs> I've seen people yeah. some some guy receive that in the mail um, a week after he got laid off <laughs> from his from his yeah. job. Yeah. Because like he just started. Yeah, he he, he, he had just started. That's oh, wow. t- uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, um, like I was saying, we'll try to keep y'all updated on uh, COVID nineteen, and um, yeah, we'll just be. I'm watching it as it goes. Um, we'll be, yeah, I'll be praying for it to get better, and I'm ready to move on to speaking. Speaking of, sp- I'm not. I'm not speaking of prayer. Have you seen these televangelists saying that, that they're curing it on TV? No, you haven't seen it. I, I suggest it. Uh, huh? What do they use? Just like just through prayer? Uh, hold on. Let me let me see if I can find it. Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. Do you know what Kenneth Copeland is? No. Anyways, he he basically, you might want to watch uh, a clip or two after the podcast today. But, but basically, he's he's sitting there praying and telling people. Um, he, I think he put his hands in holy water, and told people to go touch their TV sets. And he said that once they that they touched the TV set, that they were cured. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes yeah, like um, like you're saying, televangelists um, tell people to like lay hands on the TV and so on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said it he, goes on. It he, goes on like year round. It goes on year round. I know, I know, yeah. but <laughs> you can't just you can't just be pumping that false hope into people's hearts, man. <laughs> what if somebody what if somebody's actually sick and they think yeah. that that you know that they, after they touch their TV, you know, somebody's sitting there coughing their lungs out and they're supposed to be self quarantining. They touch their television set and they're like, hey guys, <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> right? And they just they just yeah. they just step outside and get everybody else sick. I think yeah, that yeah. I think I think that's nuts. But anyways, yeah, okay. That's so, yeah. that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. All right. So for topic two, we're going to move on to describe some zoonotic diseases. So um, zoonotic diseases, um, like COVID nineteen, are basically diseases passed from animal to human. You probably heard of some, including swine flu. Um, the bird flu, rabies, Zika, malaria, and Ebola. Uh, zoonotic diseases are commonly introduced to humans and society through direct contact with animals carrying diseases, virus, bacteria, or pathogens we are not yet accustomed to. Um, during the many agricultural revolutions um, discovered as far back as like uh, 10,000 years ago or so, um, um, people were integrated to lifestyles of common and constant dwelling contact with animals of many kinds. So basically, as people started um, spending their time with more animals, more zoonotic diseases were being introduced and so on. So along with the trade and domestication of animals, people deal with the dangerous agents animals might 
be already accustomed to. So of 1,415 recognized agents to cause human disease, 61% are zoonotic uh, to go with three out of four of the projected new diseases to affect humans. So surely many zoonotic diseases are introduced to humans over time, and we still deal with plenty of them today. So um, just to list some um, animals causing some recognized zoonosis, um, bats, um, are responsible for Ebola, SARS, and MERS. Birds are responsible for avian flu or the bird flu, like I was saying. Dogs, hookworm, cows, E. coli, bats, cats, and dogs for rabies. Cats, cows, and dogs, ringworm. Birds, cows, dogs, and rodents are responsible for salmonella. Ticks for Lyme disease, mosquitoes for dengue, malaria, West Nile, Zika, and rodents for the plague. So yeah, plenty of animals um, we're like in contact with, like even some animals we eat, are um, responsible for uh, plenty of types of disease-causing agents to us. So three types of zoonosis are prevalent today, endemic um meaning like it's always going on and constantly part of society. Epidemic stuff uh, basically means stuff um, with like sporadic and substantial like impact as far as like numbers of people infected goes um, and also emerging and re-emerging zoonosis. So uh, basically stuff might seem like it's gone and it might uh, make its way back. So the virus, SARS, uh, COVID-2 um, for um, COVID-19 um, is closely associated to coronaviruses carried by bats and pangolins. So yeah, before on the previous episodes, we we're talking about like how people maybe got it from bats and so on because bats carry some very similar coronaviruses. So even prior to conclusive evidence, many people believe uh, SARS-CoV-2 um, starting out from zoonotic transfer. So bats are carriers of a practically identical type of virus. So they are one of the most expected causes um, of the disease. So people pretty much figure um, since bats carry some similar diseases or some similar um, viruses, I ought to say, um, COVID-19 was probably from bats or maybe some similar type type of animal people are pretty sure it's some type of zoonotic disease like i was saying before so as far as um, zoonotic diseases go covid19 is the newest to rise to a claim within four months or so of being part of the news cycle it's gained worldwide attention causing upwards of one million confirmed cases like i was saying before 65,000 reported deaths. And since transmission is such an early occurrence from person to person, uh, precautions are being taken super seriously. So like, since it's so new, since it's, I mean, like, like I was saying before, it was SARS-CoV-2, so it's kind of like SARS from before, but since like, we lack like the ways to combat it, the extreme measures are taken for most zoonotic diseases, um, it's usually taken way less seriously, like I was saying, like stuff like rabies and stuff, it's just person to person. And um, it usually is over um, before it becomes like an epidemic. Um, zoonotic diseases are very prevalent in society and are constantly being studied to prevent their mass spread. Um, two to three million deaths are from um, zoonotic diseases. Um, each year it's yeah it's estimated as two to three million so yeah we're 
COVID-19 is being taken very seriously, and it's only at 65,000. Two to three million people die from, yeah, zoonotic diseases each year. Um, so COVID-19 is just an indicator of how uh, badly animal-borne diseases might interact with humans. Uh, being aware and willing to keep the study of prevention of zoonotic diseases um, is very important. So did you learn um, some stuff about zoonotic diseases, Sam, or was it all stuff you already... Um, yeah, no, I haven't learned anything new. Um, uh, stay away from uh, eating weird animals that aren't like I don't know, it's terrible to say, but you know things are, are coming, like chickens and, and 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 cows and beef, right? Like those things, we have some regulations and stuff. The FDA, uh, is it the FDA? Uh, yeah. That that regulates or, 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 or the USDA. Or the USDA. It's the USDA, right? Um, yeah, the Department of Agriculture. They regulate how these animals are treated. You know the antibiotics and you know how to safely um, prepare these kinds of. I guess meats that we eat on a regular basis. So anything that isn't going through the USDA, like uh, you know, random animals that people are killing out in the forest and things like that, you don't know what it has, right? Um, and another another fun fact that I, I was I was telling you about is people that lived with their their pets, their cats and their dogs, the same worms and ticks. Uh, there was a study done that the same worms and ticks that your dog has, you probably have too. <laughs> like in your in your stomach, which is crazy, <laughs> and it's yeah. not and it's not anything. That, Cause think about it. I mean, you know, your dog is everywhere, right? You know, it doesn't matter how clean you keep your house. Right? The things that your dog is exposed to, you're going to be exposed to to one way or the other, right? This is the same. This is the same dog that's you know going outside and then coming back inside and licking your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. They, they say, oh, a dog's rather cleaner than a human's. Yeah, that's it. So, I still don't want that thing licking me in my face after it's been outside for what it's worth, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's my stance on animals. I don't live with any animals, and if you do live with an animal, it's pretty much likely you have the same ticks and worms on you or in your stomach that your cat or dog has. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, zoonotic diseases are probably going to get discussed some more with COVID-19 going on. And for our third topic, I'm going to bring up some optimism for people with HIV. So HIV the is... HIV. Uh, Let's call it the HIV. Yeah, people probably um, already uh, got plenty of like word on HIV. People uh, basically already figured out HIV... Um, and it stands for human immunodeficiency virus or viruses. And um, they also are considered to be zoonotic viruses originating from a simian immunodeficiency. Um, so two types of HIV currently are dangerous to humans. And over time, they might lead to acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, abbreviated as AIDS. So yeah, AIDS and HIV. Uh, people already knew about HIV and AIDS. But yeah, I'm going to, like I was saying, um, discuss some reasons to be optimistic for some people. So acquired immuno immunodeficiency syndrome or AIDS is very lethal 
and the average life expectancy for the disease left alone to spread is like 9 to 11 years. HIV is transmitted through some drug injections, the bodily fluids of blood, sexually based fluids such as semen and vaginal fluids, and also breast milk. Um, it was first studied in the U.S. in 1981, so it's only been like 40 years or so. And um, some similar cases date back to like the 1960s, so yeah, it's relatively new. HIV and AIDS um, attack the body's immune system and the cells used for fighting off infection. So um, as HIV or um, immunodeficiency viruses um, enter T lymphocytes, aka T cells or um, the body's white blood cells, um, it encrypts RNA and reproduces through the body's T cells. It basically replaces the body's immune cells, causing people to lose immunity to formerly easily prevented uh, and stopped illnesses. So it basically just shuts down the immune system of people. So HIV and AIDS lack any widespread cure. Um, as approximately 37 million people are currently carriers and approximately 1 million people uh, died of complications um, due to AIDS or HIV. So um, due to the lack of natural antibodies, it's actually difficult to make any type of vaccination to stop HIV. But like I was saying before, some optimism um, recently started to make its way up. So pre and post um, prophylaxis treatments are used to stop the entrance of the virus into T cells um, and to stop the spread of it to some T cells. So um, pre and post um, phylaxis are basically just like uh, medicines to use like before um, ongoing or like right before someone is like introduced. So like um, people use medicines as they are um, currently affected or right after they're infected to maybe stop the spread of it. Um, so like I was saying, if these practices are taken daily or within three days of exposure, the virus being stopped is 99% successful. So um, pre and post phylaxis um, is very successful if taken at the right time. So also antiretroviral treatment is currently used to diminish people's viral loads, uh, meaning like the amount of virus they let off to different people. Like I was saying earlier, like it's transmitted through bodily fluids. So if someone's viral load is lessened, less of the virus is part of their bodily fluids. Um, if they are like um, transferring them to someone else, so like blood or like I was saying, sexual fluids or like breast milk or so on. So also, um, like I was saying, it makes it easier to stave off um, the disease as it's um, like kind of passed or lessened as it's passed. Like it makes it easier for it to stay off if someone is transferring um, bodily fluids and it makes it more difficult for it yeah, to be passed on. Vaccine models from the clinical trial RV144 protected 30% of people from the virus's invasion. So people uh, testing out the stuff um, were dealing with some good results. And after the trials were stopped in 2009, um, they were picked back up. And um, basically five continents are currently testing out trials. So recently, they were picked back up after like, um, they were stopped. And it looks like um, at least some progress is being made to it. 
Um, so like I was saying before, HIV and AIDS are like um, the big like um, disease, one of the big diseases um, for people to like uh, deal with like ongoing as I was growing up, like HIV and AIDS were like one of the worst diseases I'd heard of and uh, seeing some people maybe uh, almost getting cured or living with it for um, many years is really good. Um, so yeah, it's just good to see some type of um, way to postpone um, the immunodeficiency, like I was saying. So yeah, um, optimism for people with HIV and so on. Yep. How'd you how'd you like um, the HIV stuff? God, I like the it. HIV, <laughs> the, the, the treatment procedure explanation. It's, it's good, man. I'm, I'm right. glad. I'm glad people are living longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's, it's a medical breakthrough, basically. I mean, when I was a kid, people basically said if somebody gets AIDS, they're certainly gonna die from it. You're freaking and, dead, man. <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no cure for it. Like. 20 years ago exactly so yeah so yeah so yeah um great to hear of like sam was saying um people getting through it and so on so after we go through three topics we usually um give y'all an extra topic and for our extra topic um for this episode it's on generation alpha so like every 15 years or so um a new generation is named so um the previous generation was Generation Z, um, and it just went back to Y and X, and yeah. So yeah, generations went like they were lettered each, and the newest generation since the previous generation was Z is Alpha. Um, alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and I figured they were just trying to find some way to make an ongoing system um, to start out. Yeah, yeah, so after after Generation Z, the world's over, guys. <laughs> it's it's yeah, done. So Generation Alpha. Yeah, so the newest one, like I was saying, was named, and it encompasses people born right after, like, uh, 2010 or so. So it's been, like, 10 years or so since the people from Generation Alpha were born. Um, they are expected to grow up to be the most educated and most technologically immersed people, um, the wealthiest and the most likely to spend their entire adolescence with both biological parents. Um, so yeah, seems like Generation Alpha is supposed to do good because they are basically living with so much technology and stuff. Like People expect Generation Alpha to succeed because they are surrounded by so much opportunity. Um, do you feel the same way about Generation Alpha? Yeah, man, seeing little kids with iPads and stuff, crazy. <laughs> crazy times we're living in, man. Yeah. I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen technology educate kids way better than teachers ever could. There's so many apps out there that are just dedicated to, you know, teaching kids how to speak and, you know, giving them all those types of information right at their fingertips. Um, yeah. So kids are going into school a lot more prepared for the curriculum, and not even prepared, over-prepared. They, 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 they pretty much know everything. And then, you know, if the child, like, learns to read a lot earlier, if children are getting educated way faster, it's just going to help, um, you know, basically better the, 
uh, you know, it should help better the better society. So it's good to see. Yeah, the world is so much more accessible through the internet. So it's so much easier for people to make contact with people across the sea. It's more easy for people to like um, tell people of their lives and what's going on, um, to ask for help during problems. Um, just to feel connected to people. And last week, uh, we discussed worldwide internet. Worldwide internet would basically make it so much more accessible. Like, some countries uh, still lack internet and so on, um, but if the internet is worldwide um, and, like, everyone um, is on the internet, it'll make it so much easier for any person to connect to any person, um, which, yeah, is good in some ways and um, still new and... Uh, Plenty is still kind of like up for speculation as to like yeah whether it'll be good but yeah it's it's got plenty of opportunity so yeah generation alpha um generation alpha is uh, basically just getting started and um i guess we'll be seeing more from them sometime soon so all of our topics are done we went through three topics and our extra topic and usually um, just to end our episode we usually just bring um, some type of tangent um, sometimes it's off topic sometimes it's on topic um, it's just like um, our last word or our last like little section I guess um, for um, this week um, since it's Palm Sunday and Easter is coming up on April 12th I decided to encourage you on my beliefs and values based upon my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so Christ is my greatest love and guider of my systematic view of life. So I'll begin with expressing some of my relational views on Christ, void of any like direct uh, biblically scriptural content. And after I'm done, I encourage you to maybe read some scripture yourself um, on someone willing to die to teach us of an ideal process for living. So I'm just going to start with an original piece. Um, it's called practicing greater love all right so practicing greater love some perspective on a greater being is very easily tied to beliefs of self-importance according to personal beliefs of oneself someone might be equal to less or more important if compared to people just to later realize mere physicality as a less true existence greater love is craved and sought after for reasons of elation and true self-gratitude. We might believe of ourselves as cared for, to feel like we ought to exist and be part of life. We might feel like getting called up to bring us to our rightful place to be, as seen by someone of greater judgment. Um, one common question asked of greater love's being, or if greater love's being, is part of us and or dwells amongst us giving us guidance and direction um, on our correct and best way to live. We might also question if much of our lives are truly ours to enjoy as we figure out if we're afforded any capacity to live out all of our lives once. So before belief of being accepted by some sort of greater love, we might even try to process ways to seem adequate and readily accepted through parts of our lives. So as processing through constructs of life becomes productive processes are made so basically as we try to stay productive process products are made making it easy to only love products of processes so only loving end results 
um, as opposed to processes itself. So as opposed to loving processes, people sometimes just love end results or products of processes. So some strive for an end goal, trying for acceptance as opposed to accepting trials as sufficient. So trials, I meant like processes. Processes are, processes are often like trials, trials and um, tests and so on, I ought to say. Um, so yeah, falling and loving, like falling in love with a process of creating a product is oftentimes so much more productive. Um, enjoying oneself through making stuff makes making it easier. If you're to fall in love with systematic actions, it might make it easier to stay motivated. Many processes of becoming Christian are sometimes difficult. Some involve sacrifice and altered ways of action. For some, um, to die to one's earthly loves may seem ludicrous, since some may lead to so much actual success. With Christ, to die to oneself is gain, and it might look or feel wrong. So finding ways to enjoy your process to lead to an outcome of Christly living might seem tough. So stepping back and objectifying situations might make more sense of it. Overall, if someone were to tell of qualities for Christianity, many might be told, um, as good ways of living. So general societal law for peaceful, sustainable societies are actually very similar to Christly rules and guidelines. Kindness, generosity, safe living practices, mutual respect, and an attempt to improve all make up or just make for camaraderie and group growth. If we were to simplify Christ's law and remove its religious aspects, Christianity is widely considered to be like any plan of peace and growth. To find reason to love Christ is to find oneself in love with an actual Christly lifestyle. Finding enjoyment from being opposed to Christ is often correlated to receiving some type of personal gain. Receiving an actual good during life is sometimes gratifying. So giving up on Christ and expecting to be later enveloped with grace may seem like an ideal situation. Why personal gain and instant gratification often go against Christ goes with Christianity's purpose for loving Christ initially. Love for Christ and belief of Jesus as our Savior is to many mysterious even after becoming dedicated to Christ. So loving your process towards becoming more Christly is directly tied to prepare processes for eternal life through Christ or living Christly. To love Christ for rewards is like loving someone for gifts. Some might accept love through effort and gifts, yet it might hurt to lack any sort of internal connection. Loving instructions and processes of being Christian and joyfully receiving Christ's gifts is like loving to love loving someone as one soulfully may attribute. One may be more willing to stick through tough times and love good times more. Seeing sanctification as an ideal before salvation prior to getting any truths of rewards is an awesome way to love being aligned with Christ. So basically, I was just saying, like, it's good to love your process, um, especially for Christians, like, Loving your process for 
becoming like better at your Christianity is really important as opposed to in results and like just for life like the loving processes is, is really important because sometimes um, products um, are like yeah bad I guess sometimes we are disappointed from like products and processes um, loving a process makes it easier to be satisfied so yeah it's loving your process of living and like I was saying for Christians since I'm Christian um, loving your process of Christianity is really important so lastly for Christian believers currently and purposefully living Christ-like um, if Christ were completely out of your life and your life were very similar to your way of life as it already is you're probably on your right path to becoming with Christ or being with Christ so basically if your life is already uh, Christ-like um, like before um, any rewards or like uh, even if you're going to lack any rewards of Christ it's like you're you're on your right path so yeah like I was saying it's Palm Sunday so I figured I might as well discuss some Christianity and some faith and stuff so yeah um, let it out is basically done Sam, you're welcome to say any uh, last words before we close out. Ah, uh, very nice, Hassan. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know it was Palm Sunday. Um, so, how often does Palm Sunday happen? Is it just once, once a year? The Sunday before Easter. The Sunday before Easter. Ah, good. One new things every day. And what do you usually do on Palm Sunday? Um, communion, I guess. But yeah, it's just right before. So did you did you did you go get communion today? Uh, it was online. Online. Oh okay. So they didn't give you the bread or anything. Right, I supplied myself. You you asked what kind of bread did you use? Use crackers. Crackers. Yes, crackers are like unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is supposed to be part of Passover. Okay. All right, nice man. Perfect. Well, anyways, thank you for joining us this week. We'll see y'all next week with another episode. Yep. Enjoy your week. Bye.